0: you are back with another episode from Maybe Mummy podcast. This is episode four and a very exciting episode because it's not actually about me, the creator of Maybe Mummy podcast. I actually have my very very first guest, somebody that I used to work with and his journey is a Roller coaster, that's the best way that I can explain it. He is Tony and he created The Hopeful Father, which is a blog talking about the difficulties and opening up about trying to conceive and the troubles that come with it from a man's perspective. Now, a lot of the time I'm sure all of us can kind of hold our hands up and say that fertility subjects um, or babies and things like that can be quite a feminine uh, topic, but Tony actually explains his story and journey Um, from a man's perspective which i think is really important and he's opening doors to allow other men to also talk about their stories so very very similar to obviously what Navy mummy podcast is all about everybody expressing their stories and i'm so thankful that i was able to get tony the hopeful father on my show to explain everything that's going on with him so you are about to hear um about the whole of his story he does get a little bit emotional at certain times but please obviously bear in mind this is his personal journey and i think it's a given that it's a very very emotional thing and what he talks about is something that i would anticipate anybody to get really upset by so I think it's a given of course I'm most definitely going to let him off I'm not going to chastise him whatsoever but I do hope that you enjoy it it's um a really really positive story but at the same time it does have a lot of ups and downs you literally do feel like you need to have your tissues at the ready the entire time but sit back enjoy and I hope you love this episode My lovely listeners, thank you for joining me again with Maybe Mummy Podcast. Now I'm really, really excited because this week I actually have my very first guest. So I am joined today by um, my lovely friend Tony, who I used to work with, and he has set up a um, Instagram and uh, website called The Hopeful Father, which explains a lot about his journey to becoming a dad and I am joined with him today so that he can tell me all about his story. So welcome, Tony. Hello, how are you doing? Hi
1: there, I'm very well, thank you. I've really got a here to my eye just to hear you talk about it, so thank you for getting me on. thank you for getting me. Maybe emotional
2: me. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you sort of take, take the stage, and um, I know we've had this conversation um, before, but if yeah. you just want to obviously fill everybody in with where the hopeful father um details came from and yeah about your journey really
1: okay thank you very much okay hi thanks uh, everybody thanks charlotte um so our journey began um quite some years ago myself and my wife got married back in 2012 um, like any sort of young couple we just thought see the next thing to to do was well, first of all start careers off um and then moving to parenthood um, we basically spent a few years trying naturally which took us through to about sort of 20 yeah, 2015 2016 when we first started thinking geez you know something's obviously not right here because it's taken three or four years um, just to try and get anywhere so we made the decision to go and see our local gp um, because we sort of thought maybe something was wrong with one of us. Uh, My wife um, had some tests, which found that she was absolutely fine, um, no problems. Um, So then I had um, a basic uh, sperm analysis carried out, um, which came back really, really bad um, on the case of um, count, morphology, motility. so that was our sort of first general test and I think that was back in about 20, 2016. Um, so at that point the GP sort of said, look, you know, you just, it's not great, but maybe change your diet a little bit, um, go on a bit of a health kick and just general sort of health and lifestyle really. And we just thought, okay, let's just try this, cut out alcohol, more fish, salads, you know, the, the generic stuff that a GP would say. Um, after about a year, still nothing, um, so we again went to see her, had another test done, and it was it was pretty much exactly the same again, you know, we were both absolutely gutted. Um, at this point, where we suddenly thought, okay, we've got to try something else. Um, so we sort of said to her, look, you know, what, what else do we do? And she said, well, looking at your figures, your only chances to, um, to have a baby would be through IVF. Um, and again, obviously at that point, we were absolutely gutted um, because again, you just just thinking that both as a young couple, everything's going to be fine, you're going to go off and have loads of babies, yeah. um, and it will be nice and easy, but you know, we've suddenly hit this brick wall in your life, and it's like, God, where do we go from here? So in 2017, um, my wife did some, uh, well, or so I say some, absolutely loads of research into um, IVF clinics. Um, at this point my wife is years older than me, she's um, early 40s, so we weren't able to do anything in the IVF, um, sorry, on the NHF, um, so we had to look into a private clinic. Mm-hmm. And living in central London, so there's quite a few clinics around. Um, so she found the best one for women of a more mature age, um, after lots of research. Um, they had the best birth rates, best success rates, so right, happy days. And again, we just sort of thought, we'll obviously go to this place, we'll come out of it after nine months with a baby. Um, you know, again, as you would kind of think, you know, they're, they're miracle workers. So everything was all going to plan. Um, obviously it was all we we had when we had our initial consultation with this uh, with IVF clinic and again they were, they were happy with everything the, the problem with with them that we found and same with the GPs they were all looking at my wife they didn't look at any of my symptoms problems issues they just sort of looked at my wife and said okay fair enough we're going to do a um, do a K course of IVF end of nine months, you'll come out with a baby, happy days, sign on the dotted line, off you go. So we all thought, great, happy days. Um, I must say at this point, the, the whole course of IVF was just, you know, we walked into it completely blind. Um, the amount of injections, drugs and everything that you had mm-hmm. to take at the beginning of it was just was just crazy, you know, and it, it was such an emotional time for both of us but you know we both saw the end goal so you know we went through it um which I was happy to do you know and this has started to to really affect me mentally at this time because I saw it as my fault um my problem and I was putting my my poor wife through this you know it's the hardest thing to do um just to you know give her these injections with these big needles every day um you know, and it really, it caused me a lot of emotional pain and it was causing my wife to, well, to cause her physical pain. It was, it was mm. really not nice. Um, but like I said, you know, we saw the end goal, you know, we, we had to see what we wanted at the end of it. Um, so we went through the first, um, first couple of weeks with the injections. Um, she then had the egg retrieval, which, which we got a nice few eggs out of it, which was great. Um, we ended up having two um, healthy embryos. Um, we then, we were, you know, we were after the decision to do one or two embryos implanted. Mm-hmm. Um, to which we just sort of thought, right, you know, let's let's play the play the, 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 the chance game is not great because we've only got two and that's it. Let's just um, implant both of them. Um, so we did that. Took the decisions. The IVF clinic were were happier for us to do that. Um, and we then had the uh, the two week wait, um, which, as everybody else who's been through this, was going through this, knows It's the longest two weeks of your yeah. life. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've you've got to carry on. Um, and we sat there, just carried on as normal. I was at work. My wife is is off work because of because of what we're doing. And um, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, you know, you've got all these anticipation, expectations. You think, right? Let's start preparing stuff. Um, and I can't obviously remember now. I think it again because it's a very emotional thing. Exactly what when my wife called me, but I was in a I was in a meeting uh, with my boss at work, um, and she sort of told me, that unfortunately, she'd um, she had or um, well, she'd, she'd found out that it was negative um, when doing the test. Um, she'd been to have it by herself because unfortunately I was, I was extremely busy at work and um, it just killed you and it completely and absolutely destroyed you emotionally. Um, to hear that you know all the, all the stuff that you've put into all, all the, the time, the patience, the emotions that you've put into it, your wife's put into it, to hear that it's, it's failed um, was absolutely crushing and mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's so difficult to, to know what to do at that point. You know, and I was sitting in the office with my my manager, who I must say, my, my work has been very supportive through this whole thing. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I just completely broke down. Uh, absolute emotional wreck um, for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. And, uh, and they were lovely. And they just said, look, just go home, take some time if you need it, and, um, and just spend time with your wife. So, you know, thank you to... To those guys but yeah that was the first um, first foray into the world of IVF and like I said you just go into it completely blind
2: yeah.
1: um, expecting it so yeah that was, uh, was our 2017 experience the IVF clinic obviously saw us back for a follow-up um, follow-up check-up and such um, and they couldn't give us any specific reasons why um, it failed which in some ways was a pain um, because you just don't know why, you know, and to not know why, at least if you had a, this is why, you can try and fix it or try and solve the problem, but nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, They just sort of said, look, you know, the only thing we can suggest is let's go again. And at this point, um, we put our faith in this place, we put all our money into this place and just thought, okay, fair enough. It's not worked out the first time. Let's go again. Um, so it took us a good few months to sort of get back together again, as in get our emotional mental state back together again. We sort of pushed ourselves to go to the gym a bit more again, try and sort of fine-tune diet to what we thought was correct. Um, we bought the, the random book that everybody sort of seemed to be talking about at the time, I think it was The Egg, the egg Comes First. or um, it starts with the egg, I think it's called, so that was the recommended book, and my wife read through that back to front cover to cover about mm-hmm. twenty times, mm-hmm. just to try and get all the vitamins right, that everybody recommended and do all these things, and we thought, okay, fair enough, so in twenty eighteen we thought, right, let's go again um and You know, we're in the same position. We thought, right, okay, this time we know what we're doing. We know what's coming. So we thought we're in a much better position this time. You know, we know what's going to happen. I'd gone to have another checkup with my GP. Mm -hmm. And she said my my sperm analysis was, again, not much better than it was the first time round. But the IVF clinic, again, did no checks on me whatsoever, apart from Mm a normal generic sperm test everything was focused on my wife. Um, and they said, yeah, fine, even though she's now, you know, 40, early 40s. Um, I said, yeah, no problem, she's fine, just do another course of uh, WSICSI, that's um, what we're doing. And um, so we thought, right, let's go pick a date and make a start. and. We were about a week into all the injections, the blood tests, my wife's having to have every day with this clinic, you know, it's seven o'clock get up every morning, injection, blood tests, results, you know, and they changed your uh, medications. We were about a week into this and we got recommended to a, um, to two people that we needed to go and see as soon as possible. One was a urologist, um, and one was a very specific, um, nutritionalist. Okay. Um, and at this point, like I said, we were about a week into our, uh, our treatment, and we were able to get kind of an emergency appointment with, um, the nutritionist, which was Melanie Brown at the time. And we went to see her, um, and she was absolutely amazing. Um, such a, you know, it's a, She's such a lovely person It's like going to see a psychologist and having a meeting with a psychologist, but it's yeah. all to do with your diet and fertility treatment. Um, and she was absolutely amazing and, and taught us so much in such a short period of time about fertility nutrition that we hadn't even thought about. Um, and it was very much tailor-made, focused to us as a couple. We thought, well, this is brilliant. You know, there are things from here that we hadn't even considered the problem was, obviously, we're now a week into treatment. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of like, "Well, what do we do? You know, do we do we take this advice and stop our treatment, or do we carry on?" She then put us, or myself and my wife, in touch with um, a urologist called um, Jonathan um, Jonathan Ramsey. Um, again, really, really top guy. Um, completely specialises in. Um, and male fertility so we were again lucky enough to get pretty much an emergency point with him um, and go and have a chat with him and he was actually quite shocked that um, both the our local GP and also the IVF clinic at the time had not done any tests on me at all um, because from what he was saying there's no point obviously us going through a round of ICSI because mm. it's never gonna work um, with the sperm in the condition that it's in. So, um, again, we kind of took the, the, you know, we had to make a decision, you know, do we stop here after what was now pretty much time for uh, the wife to have her eggs uh, taken out um, or do we carry on with it? Um, and we thought, well, you know, with most of the way in now, we might as well just continue and, and cross fingers. So that's what we did. Um, so. <laughs> again um we had the procedure carried out um uh, we had two um, embryos um and again the IBS clinic said look you know we think it's it's best to have both of them implanted planted again mm-hmm. um so we did that um and uh again you know we had the, the crazy two week wait Um, of endurance and um, unfortunately again we had um, another negative Um, so at this point we'd lost four four babies Mm -hmm. Um, and you know both me and my wife were both pretty much at the lowest point in our lives we were absolutely distraught um, kind of didn't know where to go what to do just completely in bits Um, you know, lucky enough, we have quite a strong uh, relationship. So, you know, we're helping each other through things. Um, but you're just you're just completely torn and empty. And, there's, you know, there's no, no words that that are strong enough to explain that feeling that, you, that where you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we went back to see uh, Mel- uh, Melanie Brown again and Jonathan Ramsey and said, look, OK, this has happened. You know, what are your recommendations? What do you think we should do? And I both gave a sort of, you know, treatment plan, especially aimed at myself, but also my wife, to keep her egg quality up. Um, And Jonathan mentioned something about DNA fragmentation. Um, So although my numbers and my quality was very low, something specifically to do a test, a very specialised sperm test and sperm analysis um, that I started doing. And I did that. and, And he said, yeah, do you know what? You it's your DNA fragmentation that's potentially causing one of the biggest problems because it's basically falling apart Um, on sort of day two to three, even when they they inject it into the egg. It's just just getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've then gone through all of these tests and got the plans and everything. Um, We've now then really properly gone to the gym hardcore. We're doing six or seven courses a week. Um, you know, food is really a big important part, Mediterranean diet, nuts, all the supplements that I'm on, all that sort of stuff. And we just thought, you know what, we're just really going to go for the fitness route because I was a little bit overweight, let's be honest. Um, and that made a massive difference. Um, I lost about two stone didn't get anywhere near a six pack but it was getting closer (laughs) and um, you know felt really great about myself. Um, My wife's done exactly the same thing, bless her, she looked absolutely amazing Um, and in um, I believe it was March 19, Mm -hmm. um, all of this kind of paid off, we became pregnant naturally, Um, which was absolutely amazing. you know, kind of didn't think that would happen. Um, we just expected still it was going to have to be through ICSI, but we were absolutely on top of the world. Um, mm-hmm. um, couldn't believe it. To be completely honest, I hid it from my wife for a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. She didn't know. She hadn't realized her um, period hadn't come. Um, I just carried on taking her temperature every day and didn't tell her for about two weeks, which might seem a little bit mean, but, you know, you kind of don't want to burst that bubble inside yourself thinking, Wow, this has been like six or seven weeks now. Um I kind of know that she's pregnant but kind of didn't want to tell her mm. which was just, just strange, but um yeah, it was just amazing Then one morning I pulled out a pregnancy test and sort of said, do You do you wanna do this? because it's been quite a few weeks mm. um overdue now. Um and yeah it was just we just sat there and cried, um, for about an hour. I just couldn't believe it. So Absolutely over over the moon. Um, we obviously got to, I think it was about week seven, week eight. Um, we then went to have our first scan. And um, they couldn't see a heartbeat. or couldn't, yeah, couldn't hear a heartbeat, couldn't see a heartbeat, couldn't see anything. Just the um, gestational sac. Um, and the lady sort of told us, look, you know, it could be too early. Um, mm. So come back again. Um, in a week or so, and we'll we'll have another another look. And it's just something at that point, you know, the little seed at the back of your mind starts to think, "Well, oh, hold on, something's not hundred percent right. Maybe she is telling the truth, and it's just we need to go back in a little bit. And it's just not developed enough, or maybe something's wrong." But you know, we carried on believing. You start thinking about right, what colour should we paint baby's room, and yeah. let's start buying stuff and getting stuff. And so it's, you know, even at that point in time, it's the dream is starting to become a reality. You know, we've had the test, that therefore we're going to have a baby. Um, and we were, we were still going to the gym and keeping fit. So my wife was doing stuff a little bit lighter, and. Um, she went off to the toilet just after we'd finished the gym session and I, I know that she'd she been in there a little bit longer than, uh, than normal and um, I was just I think I was just doing something to, to, to finish off shall we say and um, she came out in absolute floods of tears and um, she basically had a miscarriage. So yeah we just sat there for for about half an hour on the gym floor as it were like been enough we had a few friends around there. And uh, just sat there and bawled up, God bless us, um, until we could literally pick ourselves up and walk out of there um, and come home. Oh, but um, but yeah, that was just you know, heart wrenching to think again yeah, that our dream had disappeared. Um, so yeah, that was really really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the point where you know I hit my my lowest point, and you just kind of think, Jesus, man, what am I what am I doing? Um, you know, what's the point of me? It was just absolutely gutting. Um, obviously, my wife didn't take it very well either. Um, but I just became a complete recluse for a couple of weeks. Um, just sort of thinking, geez, you know, how, what have I done to, to us? Um, I can't carry on our family tree. It was just absolutely wrenching.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and I knew personally that I had to do something myself. Um, and I thought, right. You know, I've been to the lowest of lows and I need to pick myself up, start again um, and do something about it. Um, and that's when I created my, at the time, my anonymous blog, um, uh, Hopeful Father. And uh, I started my uh, webpage, um, mm-hmm. Infertility Sucks. Um, and I just put everything out there. Um, and I just thought right, you know if I can help myself, um uh, maybe I can help other people and I think that that was my coping mechanism um of trying to deal with it because I thought you know there's other guys going through this that are in the same position and I've got the same amount of pain um and it would be good for us all to talk um and that's where I kind of i had to try and turn the corner um and that's, that's pretty much uh, where that all started. Um, so I had about six months of the blog being completely anonymous. Um, because again, I, you know, I was frightened about people labeling me as um, the bloke that can't have kids and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just made it completely anonymous and it, it really helped me. Um, I've got my wife who's a complete technophobe. She's also on Instagram. Yeah. Um but she is staying anonymous for now. But you know, again she's getting so much kind of help through that. Um, you know, talking to other people about the same sort of situation through miscarriages and that sort of thing. So um she has gone on to it as well, which would be really good for her. Um, but I did find it I found it really helped me and you know, to, I had a lot of women um messaging me sort of saying, you know, thank you for coming forward, thank you for doing this my guy and my other half is, is too shy or too scared to, to get on this but he's reading your posts and reading your stuff and it's given him hope so thank you which was which was lovely absolutely lovely um so yeah we, we sort of went through that for a few months and we thought Christ you know where do we go from here um so we went and enjoyed uh, a really nice holiday. Um, we were both at our sort of like peak of physical fitness. We had loads of selfies, which is the first time we've ever done that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on holiday, which was lovely, um, and you know, we we planned it so we went over my wife's um, peak period, shall we say? So, yeah. but unfortunately, nothing nothing came of that. You know, we were lovely and relaxed. Lots of uh, lots of food in Turkey. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, we came back and thought, right, okay, so we're going to have to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with ICSI um, but we just didn't trust the IVF clinic that we've been using because like I said with, with uh, Jonathan and Melly both sort of saying well hold on did they not look at you at all you know your you know the issues are lay with you not with your wife and that's just wrong um, they're absolutely gobsmacked so we um, then decided to look at other options Yeah. Um, we decided um that we wanted to do it abroad um just because we just didn't have the feeling and the trust in um the London clinics to be completely honest yeah, um so again, we sort of looked at clinics in I think it was spain um that's in kind of like poland um uh, I think Italy, or but the, the Spanish ones just seemed the best again with the best results, so we're now using a clinic in Madrid, mm-hmm. um, who I must say the treatment with them and even the, uh, the emotionality was just night and day with the clinic in London. Um, it was just crazy, um, you know, they were offering We basically paid the flights to go out there. They offered to pick us up from the airport, putting up at a hotel for the night. Um, And then we had this lovely, um, lovely meeting um, with a lady who was looking after us over there, our doctor over over in Madrid. Um, And she was absolutely amazing. Um, Just, you just felt like you were being looked after and they cared about you, which was just, like I said, just night and day. Um, but she said right you know let's do all of the tests on Tony mm-hmm. um, and then we'll, we'll take it from there um, so she again gave us a treatment plan um, tailored to us this is what you need to do um, so we started um, a cycle with them but um, basically late last year oh, that wasn't early this year sorry so 2020 um, we went out there late last year to get everything sort of done and checked and
2: yeah.
1: And sorted and all the paperwork, but Madrid's such a lovely place. You know, you go out there, you're relaxed anyway. The flights are so cheap, or were so cheap, um, mm-hmm. and you know, very easy to get to within the space of a couple of hours. Um, so it just seems like a, a good option. It's um, cheaper than London. Um, I don't know if I can say how much the treatment cost us in London. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal um, because obviously we were going private. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in Spain, we worked out, you know, we were going to save probably £7,000 a cycle, which, you know, to save that amount of money is crazy. Yeah, it's a lot um, as well. You have, have a holiday out there at the same time and still be in money. Um, so we, the plan was we went out there um, January, February this year and have everything started. Um, the the cycle went really well. Um, we ended up having I think it was eight embryos
2: wow.
1: um, to play with, uh, which was amazing. Um, see that was what we kind of started with. Um, but again, because we'd gone through all the cycles a couple of times now, it was it was kind of yeah, this is what we're doing. It was very clinical. Let's yeah. just move on. It was. Um, but you know, we had the emotional. We we felt that this was right um and that was the amazing thing you know in another city it was lovely um so yeah so we came out with eight embryos um eight, ten, sorry no, it was ten we came out with oh, wow,
2: um
1: and then, <laughs> then after the yeah sorry i'm super complicated so um unfortunately they then kind of died off um yeah. so we had i think after three days that was it we ended up with eight We went through to four and five days, um, and we ended up with it was three um, for uh, base five. We then opted to have genetic testing carried out, the PGS, Mm -hmm. Um, and after that, it all came back. uh, We ended up with one. So we've got one top grade superstar. Baby embryo um, currently on ice in Madrid, waiting for our return. Um, obviously, with COVID, um, we were meant to be going back uh, in April, yeah, uh, which is obviously just completely gone out of the window because Madrid was one of the epicenters of COVID. Um, so that's been an absolute nightmare. Um, just thinking that, you know, we're, we're now six months behind, not that long, but behind where we wanted to be, you know, yeah. with none of us either are getting any younger, um, but obviously we don't want to go risk going out there, obviously now we can't, but we don't want to risk going out there and there being problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got one little, what I'm pretty sure is little baby girl embryo over there chilling, uh, mm-hmm. waiting for mummy and daddy to go and get her. Amazing. So um, that's, that's kind of where we are right now, we're just eager. Um, because of lockdown, we've both put on a bit of weight, so gym starts on Monday, we're going to back there seven days a week, getting back into tip-top shape, so that when the airports and everywhere does open again, we can pretty much scoot over there as quick as we can and uh, and pick her up,
2: Amazing.
1: and then cross fingers, so yeah, it's, that's kind of where, where we are, just sitting here waiting, ready to go. Yeah,
0: I think it's all such a massive waiting game, isn't it? so many people yeah, who are having treatment, whether it's in the UK or abroad, but fantastic. Yeah. So, thank you, Tony. That was amazing. Um, your story has had quite similar to mine in terms of, you know, so many ups and downs and twists and turns and just... <laughs> pulling the rug underneath you continuously but i've got everything crossed that yes you know once Covid and lockdown chills itself out, and you know the government can actually give us some solid information about when you can go to Madrid and have that that transfer. Oh, I've got everything mm. crossed for you. Thank you. I Thank really you. do. Like, literally, you're one of those kind of hopeful yeah. success stories that I just think, oh gosh, <laughs> oh, it's riding on one embryo, but she's, you know, like you said, she's That's the bigger.
1: end of a love story, sort of thing. The end yeah, of the it would be uh, magic. Yeah. It really,
0: really would, not it gives so much hope to like people like myself. and and I'm sure probably lots of listeners as well who have potentially gone through something similar and just think, you know, you've got no pressure, but you've got one shot and I've got everything <laughs> for the two of you that she will, you know, this is her time to come into the world and, and have you guys as her parents. So, yeah. so I just have a couple of questions and please mm. just say, however you feel, um, whatever sort of first comes into mind really so i guess i'll kind of start back to front but the first question i have just sort of listening through your story is if you could go back and change anything during your journey Mm. what would it be if anything if nothing then Uh, of course you know say but yeah if there's anything you could
1: the biggest thing for me that i've learned through this is is especially for guys you know get yourself tested we've you know get your test done and get the correct test done first thing we've invested so much emotion i don't know how to put it you know emotional stress mental stress physical stress time money in all of the last four or five years whereas if I'd have known back then about Jonathan Ramsey, about Melanie Brown, and, you know, we would have done the test at the point that we started, we potentially could have saved ourselves so much of that. Yeah. So I'd say to everybody, you know, if you're having problems, don't be afraid. Go and get checked. Go and get the test done. You know, it's, it's so much easier to know at the point of starting what you need to do and you know we've lost five years, we're not getting any younger, I'm now early 40s, Mm. my wife is mid 40s, it's much more difficult now, you know, if I'd have known this at point of early 30s. You don't think about it, Um, I've, after not telling any of my family what was going on for the first three or four years of this, because again, I didn't feel like a man, but I had to tell them so I could tell my. I've got two um, two nephews in their early twenties, and I've been quite open and honest with them. I said, "Look, you guys, I really want you to go and get checked because mm-hmm. at this point in time in your lives, if something is potentially genetic coming through from my father's side of the family." you guys might be able to get it sorted while you're young. If you leave it to my age, it's going to be a lot more difficult. So go and get yourself checked. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would change 100%, you know, and I, you know, I would change that and I tell everybody else, please go and get tests done, get yourself checked. If you're having problems, don't worry about it because you can do something about it.
0: Amazing. you kind of answered one of my other um, <laughs> other <laughs> questions that I've got as well, which is what sort of advice would you give and um, to anybody yeah. who's struggling or worrying about perhaps their journey but you've just literally just yeah. answered it in a nutshell there. Well
1: but... yeah I mean if you know advice, get yourself checked but talk about it, talk about it to each other. There are people around you that you don't think are having problems. Um, you know it, it's crazy since I started doing this, since i am doing the blog, the internet site, you know I'm really open and honest to talking about it to other people. And the amount of people that have come out and said, um, yeah, we have problems as well. It's absolutely insane. Mm. Um, and you, you just don't think, I mean, some of these people I've known for 10 years, that when I've opened up, they've suddenly come out and said, yeah, we have problems. But I've known them for so long, mm,
2: and bless them, you know, they've, they've
1: been carrying this pain. That they haven't been able to talk about for anybody. Um, I've had people stop me on the street since I, my my website. I stopped at being anonymous and put my picture out there. I did a newspaper article as well which was crazy with my photo in and I had people stop me in the street mm. um, and say congrats, you know, well done, you know, it's a big thing and, you know, we've had problems, thank you so much, especially coming from a man's perspective. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. It really is. So, actually advice. Talk about it, get tested, get it sorted early. Definitely.
0: Well, thank you for that. That is very, very solid and sound advice. And I do hope that, yeah, people will feel that they can come forward. And that's very, you know, what you were saying is exactly kind of what Maybe Mummy podcast is really all about that people can come forward, whether they want to do yeah. it anonymously or, you know, like yourself, and actually tell their story and it means that other yeah. people can feel confident and comfortable to be able to also tell their story and yeah. together we can hopefully help each other out and even if it's just 100%. in an emotional sense really so
2: yeah
0: yeah. Um, 100%. i guess this one is a, a perhaps more of a personal question and forgive me if, if you don't want to um answer it but do you feel that with everything that's happened with your journey do you feel like it's affected your relationship that you have with your wife at all
1: um, it has done, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had ups, downs, um, I think like I said when we were telling the story, you know, the, the hardest thing was causing her physical pain by these needles, some of which I hate to say are are um, very nice and put in intimate areas, and it's just the moment that you see the needle break the skin and to know that you're causing your wife pain and it's, it's I hate to say it now, but at, you know, at the time, and it was my fault. You know, I'm physically causing her this pain, and it's it's my fault that I'm having to put her through this. And you know, did, did I think that she resented me for it? And yeah, I did. You know, it's why should she be going through this? You mm. know, um, and yeah, it, it caused a lot of stress. But we're well, luckily enough, we're not in a relationship where we have lots of sort of arguments and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then we have points where you know we just sit there and and hug each other and cry and talk about things and um, yeah you know you do come out of the other end sort of thinking yeah do you know what we are stronger because this is something that is about us yeah. you know it's not just me it's not just you we you know we chose to be together yeah. um, and we love each other and you know you have to come out of it and think yeah do you know this is just another thing that we we'll, we will get through. Um, we'll come out of it the other end, and you know we'll, we'll have our family. Um, but yeah, it has put strain on the relationship at times. Um, I don't think, honestly, any any couple could say it, it hasn't. Um, but um, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, and you know, it, I think it's a lot of the time remembering that you need to spend time kind of out of the IVF world and yeah. trying to have a baby world. You know, you, you're still. You're still a married couple, a couple are together, um, and you know you need to still remember that you you still need to have fun. You need you need to go on your date nights. You need to go away for a weekend, and you know you need to do still married couple couple stuff. And yeah, life goes yeah. on, and yeah, but it, it, it has effects. up, it's downs, but um, but yeah, we're. Uh, we're okay, which is good. Um, and I think she's got quite a lot of emotional support from her sort of Instagram thing from other people. Um, and then she, you know, she respects me from what I'm doing, you know, trying to raise awareness from the guy's side. So, you know, that kind of helps, helps us out as well.
0: Genuinely, what you are doing with the hopeful father, I think it's just incredible. I mean, until you sort of have mentioned things on, I think I put a post up on Facebook or something like that. And (laughs) I had no idea. And It really does show you that there are so many people in this world that you know you could literally be living right next door to, and you're really close with, who don't talk about it. It's just, I really hope that you know maybe Mummy Podcast does exactly the same as what the Hopeful Fathers doing and breaking down those barriers and those walls of people going, oh no, I can't talk about it. So, but I am really pleased to hear as well that you know, no matter how difficult the situation may be or the circumstance or your journey may be that actually you've got a rock with your other half and yeah. it is I know that these things can really destroy relationships and it's it's such a well you're a testament to each other really aren't you so
2: yeah.
0: um I think the only other question I have really well I've got two sort of questions did you um the first one was did you get any recommendations or any advice or anything like that in terms of going abroad like were you recommended the clinic that you're currently with or was it more just your own personal research
1: um, there was a lot of personal research again it was more I'll be honest it was my wife who was doing the research mm-hmm. um, she found the uh, website using IVF Babel, I think it was.
2: Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I know well. Been
1: around for a long, long time. Um, so she found them on there. Um, obviously, she then did, did her own research into the, the specific clinic itself. Um, and yeah, again, they just seem to have the best results um, for more mature women. Um, which thought it's easy to get to. I've never been to Madrid. It looks lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, it just seemed really nice. And after she had a couple of initial sort of like web consultations with them,
2: yeah,
1: um, before we flew out there, and she said, to him, "These these guys just they just seem lovely, and they seem like they care." And that and that was the thing about the clinic. And uh, again, I, you know, I don't really want to. I'm, well, I'm not going to name the one in London, but for, for the amount that you're paying for a private clinic, that's Around or on Harley Street, it's crazy. It's just for what you're paying. The, 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 even just the, the atmosphere in the rooms, it's just not nice. And to think that you're paying a premium for where you are, the clinic was nowhere near what it should be. In my mm-hmm. mind, you know, you're paying for a five-star hotel, and you're getting a two or a three-star. Now we're going abroad and we're getting a, a three-star price for a five-star service and that's probably the simplest way of explaining it.
2: Yeah,
1: Obviously we haven't come out with the um, I would say end product, but you know, we, we don't know if we've succeeded yet, but still the treatment that we've had so far is second to none um, and the clinic is absolutely amazing. Um but you know, we've had we've had bits and pieces from them during COVID. So saying, you know, can't wait to see you. Well,
0: um,
1: nice. So yeah, it's, it's been lovely, and we, we can't wait to get out there to to um, to pick up our little baby. Um, yeah. But even just to see the, the guys that are out there because it's
0: uh, <laughs> actually just Miss them. they're lovely.
1: good. Oh, um, have, have a matter. Um, so, oh, good. Yeah.
0: good. Well, yeah, that's really interesting to know because I know that um, going abroad or clinics abroad. Um, have I guess not even like competition but they do at the same time but I don't think a lot of people are aware of um, you know the 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 real difference and the experiences the costs the the, you know the complete and utter differentiation um, between you know British clinics and board clinics
1: I mean we've met Whilst we've been out there, I mean, they've got a lovely little waiting area, which is, you know, you can all sit together or you can sit in your own little individual pod. So, you know, if you're having an emotional time, you can sit in your little pod or you can sit with other people. And it was lovely. I mean, when we've been out there, we've met three or four different English couples who have pretty much had exactly the same experience as us. Mm. Um, You know, this completely... um, not happy with the clinics in England, um so they've looked further afield and uh, I hate to say it but I think more people should look abroad first. Yeah. Um, well, or that, sooner. Yeah. Because they they just seem more understanding of the issues, um, and just more more loving with it. Um so it was interesting to hear other people's stories while we were there and you're yeah. like, Yep, this happened to us, this happened to us, this happened to us and it right. it's just crazy. Um so yeah.
0: Good. Well, I'm definitely going to be myself looking into it. Um I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not quite necessarily my husband and I were not at perhaps the stage of needing to necessarily have treatment, but I would definitely yeah. be looking I think abroad then rather yeah. than starting off in the in the UK just from a lot of other people's experiences have all been super positive whereas yeah. you know the the feedback that you get either with the NHS not that I'm NHS bashing at all but I think yeah. it does there is yeah a lot of difficulties that can arise from UK bound clinics but I'm not quite there yet but it's great to hear that you know right. you've actually experienced both and so far your abroad experience is, is um working out much better to yeah really and this is the
1: thing you know the, the clinic that we use uh, is literally 15 minutes down the road from us here in London The fact that we're happy to pretty much leave home at three o'clock in the morning to go to a clinic, which is you know hundreds of thousands of miles away, on a plane, yeah, waiting all of that, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes. Um, I mean, yes, I know with all that, it's it's crazily cheaper to travel all that way and you're getting better service, but again, it's all the time that you're investing in that. It's time out of work, it's time out of your own life to go and do that. Yeah. Or would I go 15 minutes down the road? You know, if I had that service 15 minutes down the road, then hell, I'd stay 15 minutes down the road. But mm. it's it's crazy.
0: Definitely. So, I guess my very, very last question to you is: obviously, we've mentioned about the hopeful father. Uh, is there anything new that's happening with, um, with that, with your blog, with anything like that? Um, is your time to,
1: to update. <laughs> <laughs> I need to update everything. Um, unfortunately, I've just had with with the whole COVID lockdown thing. Uh, I just haven't had time, strangely enough, to, mm-hmm. to do anything. I need to spend some time updating it, but I'm going to start putting more stuff on my Instagram stuff. Um, I need to update the blog, get some more stuff on there, tell the last bit of the story because I haven't done that yet. Well, hopefully not the last bit, the next bit of the journey. Um, so I'm going to get that done in the next few weeks. Uh, um, the 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 website um it's not dating but you know it's all there. The, the, the start of my story uh or our story sorry and um the professionals um the people I would recommend people to go and see mm-hmm. there's my acupuncturist on there who's great so I highly recommend have acupuncture done it's brilliant um Melanie Brown some details about her Jonathan Ramsey he's on there it's so just a little snippet about them and how you can get in contact with them um so please use that um Yeah, I need to spend some more time on it. Um, We are going to be doing some um, fundraising uh, next year because this year it's all gone to pot. Unfortunately, we were. I think everyone's ready
0: to finish with this year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We were meant to be doing uh, a charity walk up Snowden for the Fertility Network and a men's mental health charity, Um, but that we were meant to be doing uh, in May, which obviously didn't happen. So we've now got to make some plans to do that year, that next year. Again, I'd like to do some more charity work for um, for those guys. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, that's pretty much it. But, um, yeah, so we've got, obviously, the Hopeful Father Instagram page and sucks.net. that's the website. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, please check it out.
0: Definitely. Oh, well, Tony, thank you so much for um, chatting with me today and telling us all about your story and just giving us some actual advice which is amazing and you're my very first guest so it's been so lovely <laughs> to speak you. with you i really appreciate all your time that you've given me today and i'm um, no sure you and um, fingers crossed you'll probably get some listeners from um from this episode today so thank you thank you Don't know about you guys but i felt that that was such a heartfelt roller coaster thank you again tony the hopeful father for telling me all about your story and your journey and obviously all of our listeners i hope you really enjoyed that i think it's really really important to just reiterate that if you talk about your issues or your concerns your problems or even just literally telling your story you will really find that there's a lot of support and love out there from all different backgrounds, all different types of people, and you get so much more information that perhaps you didn't know about when you start sort of talking about your your journey and where things are at no matter how good bad or ugly so thank you again tony i really really appreciated the time that you gave me to be able to record this and for our listeners to be able to understand what's going on from a men's perspective and from a man's perspective very very important So next week I will most likely be following up with um, my story and going in a slightly different direction in terms of talking a little bit more about fertility testing. Obviously you've heard quite a lot in this week's episode about IVF and treatments and I will be telling you about where myself and my husband are at but for now have a fantastic week enjoy whatever sunshine you may be getting and even if you're not getting any sunshine you're getting some rain that's perfect research and chilling out time so have a great week take care of yourselves and love your loans